Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Christmas music. Are you listening to it right now? Do you have your radio? Perhaps you're listening through Bluetooth on your phone, on your phone through your car, at home. There are individuals who listen, believe it or not, there are individuals who listen to Christmas music year-round. All the time they're listening to Christmas music. There are others who set a particular date when they will start listening to Christmas music. I fall into that category. I do not listen to Christmas music until December 1, and then I begin. And as I listen to Christmas music, it evokes a wide variety of emotions within me. There are some secular Christmas songs that I just thoroughly enjoy. Uh, You can catch me in my car by myself singing. Uh, There's other songs where I listen to. It creates more of this emotional sense of peace, a sense of calm. But that not only happens in the secular side of Christmas music, it also happens for me in Christmas carols, carols that we sing usually in church together. Since I was a kid, those emotions of singing Christmas carols, those same emotions I can experience today. I experienced one of them during our first carol that we sang together, Noel, reminded me of when I was a child. I remember sitting in church next to my father, and occasionally he would take his hand and he would place it on my back and he would just rub my back, and then I could hear him singing Noel. My dad, I inherited his ability to sing. That's why you don't hear me sing publicly. But my dad was not embarrassed. He sang out because it was something that that carol evoked within him. What I find amazing is that after all these years of singing Christmas carols, there are so many of them I know by rote. I know the words. As soon as that music starts, they just flow. But the reality is, a lot of those Christmas carols, I really never paid attention to the words. Now think about that. I knew the words. I memorized those words. But I really didn't understand what they meant, what they were trying to say. Until I began to look closer at our Christmas carols. And when that happened, I realized that we cannot agree on what the words ought to be. For example, the carol that we just sang, Noel. If you'll notice, we sang one set of words on the screen, and Dan, not knowing it, sang another version. And what happens over time is individuals shift the words to bring them and make them more appropriate, they believe, to where we are as a Christian culture today. But there are some hymns that 
no matter how much you shift them, they create some discomfort for individuals when it comes to the beliefs. One of those hymns is one of my favorite. It's a Christmas carol that begins the majority of Christmas Eve services, and if you come here on Christmas Eve, it will be the first song that we sing that evening. O come, all ye faithful. There's something about it that just, I mean, it literally sends goosebumps through me to hear it especially, and I know not everyone's fan of the organ, but for me, when I hear that organ pick it and just go and let it fly, there's something about that song. And I enjoy singing it. And then I made a mistake. I decided to look at the words of that song very closely. And I realized by paying attention to the words, I realized that I was not in complete harmony with John Wade, who wrote that carol back in the 1700s. If you remember the first verse, it begins with, Come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. It's a call, it's a call to action. It's a call to come back to Bethlehem. It's a call to remember Bethlehem in the context of Jesus and the life that he lived. We have experienced, we are familiar with the stories of Jesus. And John Wade says, look, now that you know the story, now come back and remember the birth story. And when you remember that birth story, come those who are faithful, joyful and triumphant. Come to adore him. Come to pay him respect, the deep respect. Come to venerate him. And that works. But the second verse is the one that caused me to pause. It caused me to kind of reflect. Because for John Wade, the reason we are to come and adore Jesus is because of who he is. And the reality, Jesus' followers themselves were uncertain to who he was. His first, for the first 50 to 100 years, his followers carried different ideas of who Jesus was. And it wasn't until 325 in the Nicene Creed that they solidified and said, this is who Jesus is. Up until that point, there were a wide variety of ideas floating around. But the Catholic Church at that time decided to bring people under one umbrella. And in bringing them under one umbrella, they presented the Nicene Creed. And it captures, for those in power in the church at that time, their view of Jesus. 
If you look at the Nicene Creed and its words are up on the screen right now, listen to what it says. And I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds. Now here, pay attention. God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made. I, I don't know who came up with the wording for this. It is, I mean, to unpack it, it takes a great deal of time and thought what it is they're really trying to say. But what is amazing is that if you listen to the words of the second verse of Come All Ye Faithful, God of true God, light of true light, lo, he abhors not the virgin's womb. Truly are God begotten. You see, for John Wade, when he wrote this hymn, the idea he was espousing is that we today, those at his time as well as those who would sing it in the future, that we are to adore Jesus because of who he was. But who was he? Well, for John Wade, it's quite clear in verse 2. The Jesus that is talked about in O Come All Ye Faithful is the Jesus of the Nicene Creed. Jesus is to be adored, according to John Wade and the Nicene Creed, because he is God. Jesus incarnate God. Now, there are individuals much like in the first 50 to 100 years after Jesus' death, there are individuals today who do not agree with that view of God, of Jesus. They understand why the early followers of Jesus gradually shifted and moved to this idea that Jesus was God. They understand why that happened, but they are not comfortable with the idea that Jesus was literally God. That Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. They had difficulty with that. But the people today who have that difficulty do not stand alone. Remember that. It is so easy for churches to say that if you don't believe certain things, that you're not a Christian. It amazes me how many times in talking about my ideas about God, about Jesus, about humanity, that I've had individuals say to me, well, then you're really not a Christian, are you? And my response is, well, it depends upon who gets to define what a Christian is or isn't. But in a lot of churches, 
if you don't believe orthodoxy, if you do not believe that Jesus was fully God, you have to be quiet. You have to keep those doubts to yourself for fear that others will look at you and kind of tilt their head and go, well, what's wrong with them? I met an individual one time who shared with me that he did not believe that Jesus was divine. But what he did believe was that divinity was seen through the life of Jesus. That divinity found its expression through the life of Jesus in such a unique and powerful way that people were amazed. But they believed that also, that within all of humanity, you can see divinity being expressed. That you can see through all of life divinity being expressed. So what if you are one of those individuals? What if you are one of those individuals who has some doubt around who Jesus was? Perhaps you have thought, is Jesus really God? If you are, then the question is, what is it about Jesus that you adore? I mean, for John Wade, the reason we are to adore Jesus is because he's God. But if you do not believe that Jesus is God, why adore Jesus? Why venerate him? Why pay him the deepest respect? Why celebrate his birth if you don't believe he's God? I think there's three reasons that many people, despite the fact that they do not believe that Jesus is God, they still venerate him. They still lift him up as a teacher, as an example of what humanity is supposed to be. And they do it for three reasons. Number one, they do it because they believe that Jesus was spot on when he said that we are to love one another. They believe, just like Jesus did, that there is a power in love. That love has the ability to transform individuals. That when you love another person, when you are willing to show compassion to another person, and when that happens again and again and again, that that love has the ability to transform who you are. Sometimes I imagine it's like taking a rock and then you take a little pin hammer and you just slowly strike at it. And with that continual faithful action, 
it begins to mold this formless rock into a piece of art. There are many people who adore Jesus because they believe just like Jesus did and not only believed but lived out the power of loving and how it can affect in a positive way other people. Reason number two, why people who do not believe Jesus is God but yet still adore him. The second reason is they believe in the power of hope. When you read about Jesus, when you listen to the different stories that we find about who he was and what he did, over and over, one of the things that is just below the surface of these stories is a sense of hope in humanity. Jesus is not like some of the Old Testament prophets where he comes in and says, hey, the only way the world's going to get better is we got to do the flood all over again. Wipe people out, destroy them, start all over because they're just, human beings are just no good. Get rid of them. Jesus never talks like that. Jesus believes in people. Jesus shows that belief in the stories of these miraculous healings. True or not, it doesn't matter. It's the story of a power where Jesus sees the possibilities within humanity and recognizes that if we can show love and compassion toward each other, then maybe that goodness that is within us can come out. A lot of us have been so hurt, a lot of us have been so damaged that we have created scars over that goodness within us. We've been vulnerable. We've tried to be real and authentic around people and we've been burned, we've been hurt, we've been traumatized. So we create this scar over our being we really don't let people in. Jesus had the ability to be with people, and people felt safe. They could be vulnerable in front of Jesus. And Jesus didn't turn them away. Why? because he saw the possibilities within every single human being his path crossed. And so there are many people who do not believe that Jesus is God, but they do adore him because they have and want in their life that same hope toward other human beings. <laughs> On the way here this morning, This sermon smacked me right in the face. I was driving along and I came to a stop sign. I couldn't see real well the cars that might be coming in the other direction. So I paused just a moment to make sure as I eased forward 
The guy behind me or the woman behind me honked her horn at me. Come on, folks. I let them know in my mind how I felt about them. <laughs> I continued driving. Car was following me, and then all of a sudden he gets in the other lane, goes right by me, and then veers right in front of me, causing me to brake all of a sudden. You did it once, now you're doing it twice. Now the thoughts really were going about what kind of person this was. And I was so tempted to honk, to go in the other line and go by him and give him the most nastiest look I could think of. And then out of nowhere, this sermon came into my mind. And I had to stop and, and ask myself, was this a good person? Did they possess positive qualities of goodness? The third reason why some individuals who do not believe that Jesus is God but still adore Jesus is because they believe in what Jesus said about peace. And the peace that Jesus talked about, it was built upon those first two. A sense of peace that comes about when you have learned to love and accept yourself. And out of that, you've learned to love and accept other people. And because you love yourself and you love others, there's this hope for humanity. That goodness will prevail. That who we truly are as human beings, the best of us, can rise up and make a difference in the quality of our lives and the lives of others. That we will continue to break down the barriers that divide us. Jesus talked about having a sense of peace being content with oneself. And when we are at peace with ourselves, we can be more likely to be more at peace with other people. I'm not sure what your view of Jesus is. I do know this, that this is a spiritual community that allows individuals to explore and to journey on a path. And while the path may be different, we all understand that we are in this together. So we allow for a diversity of ideas and beliefs to exist. 
there are people in our congregation who do not believe that Jesus is God. Rather, they believe that the divine was seen through Jesus and the divine continues to be manifested in people's lives today. And I know that there are people in our church who believe that Jesus was God. What about those of you who do not believe that Jesus was God in the way that John Wade did? What are you going to do the next time we sing, O come all ye faithful? Especially when you come to verse 2. What should we do with this carol? Well, the temptation in today's day is to cancel it. It's to say that it no longer works, so we're no longer going to sing it. But is that the answer? Perhaps. What a spiritual community is really about is people being able to unite their voices together for those who believe one way and those who believe another to be able to join together and to sing together and to experience the different emotions that are evoked only through the power of music. And when that happens, I believe we are living out what Jesus was all about. We are going to sing together, oh come, oh no, I'm sorry, we are going to sing together, come all ye faithful. I would encourage you Whatever your belief is about Jesus, about God, about humanity, that you will allow yourself to be a part of everyone else in this room and sing together. And we will be united in a very unique way that takes place through the power of music. Please sing with me. Oh, I said, I almost said it again. Oh, come all ye faithful. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at beatitudeschurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio empowering people to enrich society.